Welcome to this week's special edition of the uh, Jersey Baseball Show. Um, July has been a crazy month for college athletes. Uh, July 1st, the, the start of the NIL, Name Image Likeness Era, where athletes are able to um, market themselves, promote themselves, and sort of get the same rights uh, to their own name, right, uh, image, and likeness that other college students have had for, for ages. Um, I know this is a, a crazy time, more questions than answers, and try to put some of this into perspective. We've got uh, Nick Lord here today. Nick is the CEO of No Cap Sports, um, a platform that brings uh, athletes and uh, you know, outside agencies together, promotes NIL rights. And uh, first of all, Nick, welcome to the show. Um, I know this has been a crazy couple of weeks for you um, with really kind of you know, launching this on the NIL side, your, your company. So I guess, first of all, put into perspective, you know, what it is that you do, how crazy these two weeks have been. And uh, let's just kind of get an overview of where everything stands from the, uh, the athlete perspective at this point in time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, honestly, I don't really think there's one way to describe how these past two weeks have gone. There's a lot of different things that have been going on with, you know, athletes all over the country. Um, athletes, you know, for the first time ever are able to make money. Um, so a lot of them don't even know how to kind of, you know, navigate that. Yeah. Um, so been, I've seen thousands and thousands of deals, you know, go through the first day, especially there was, I couldn't even tell you how many press releases on different deals that went through the platform. Uh, we had the luxury of having one pretty big, pretty cool deal um, with Trey Knox over at Arkansas and PetSmart. Um, that got a lot of publicity because everyone loves dogs. Um, right. But then you have things like the whole barstool, barstool coming out of nowhere, you know, signing a bunch of athletes. Um, you have kids doing, you know, launching merch, merch stores. Um, you have kids taking part in these massive social media deals with like with GoPuff. And then you had the, the Cavender twins um, over with Boost Mobile, I think it was. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been it's been a wild couple of weeks. Um, I think, you know, the key here is is the long term game. Um, everyone kind of wanted to just show what they want, what they could do on day one. Um, but this, you know, NIL is a forever thing. Um, so, you know, athletes really have to think long-term about this and make sure they're getting into the right deals, not just, you know, the deals are going to get them the most money. Um, and that's kind of, you know, our focus at, at no cap is really creating a platform for the long-term, uh, providing athletes with, with good and compliant opportunities, um, that they can monetize, uh, with their NIL longer term. So just to put this in perspective, again, for people who probably look in, you know, know that something has happened and, and something can happen that can allow me to market myself and make some money off of my name or my image or my signing autographs or whatever. What are we really looking at for athletes, for, for baseball players, New Jersey, where this is our core market? Um, you know, what are they looking at as kind of being able to do and, you know, walk kind of through the process of how it gets done and, and what athletes have to do if they, you know, feel like they've got a, a, a partner, you know, what compliant things do they have to do to make sure they're approved by the school and where does no cap sports fit in in all of this? Yeah, I think, I think there's a pretty big misconception about NIL. And I think a lot of people talk about how the power five, you know, football and basketball players are the only ones that are going to be making a ton of money. Um, that was kind of our, uh, you know, focus since the beginning to help, you know, every athlete, um, monetize their NIL because there's it's not just going to be you know these big time social media deals um, or big time you know commercials that athletes do there's so many different ways athletes can can monetize their NIL whether it's you know private lessons uh, camps merchandise um, it's it's literally endless you know 
they have they now have the the ability to create that make themselves a business just like any other influencer um in the nation um and when it comes to compliance um it you know it varies by state varies by you know the ncaa so the ncaa has a waiver but if you're in a state that has a actual legislation you have to follow that too um so there is a lot of you know uh different things that athletes have to follow and you know the key with that is is staying staying in communication with their with their school compliance and making sure they're getting every deal approved um, so that they aren't jeopardizing their eligibility um, and that's something we help do um, with the schools that we work with um, so you know helping athletes really you know report the deals that they're doing but also connect with opportunities to make sure those opportunities are compliant and that's no cap sports and the best way to find you is on the internet at yeah no cap sports.io yeah, we got to make sure we get that in there as much as possible, right? Absolutely. Uh, um, one thing, I guess, that, that I noticed that, that athletes seem to be either surprised at or, or just don't know um, is that the compliance route, it's, it's not based on where you live. I mean, we've got guys on our summer teams that play, you know, live either in New Jersey or Pennsylvania or one in Delaware. But the reality is when they go to, it's where they go to school. So, you know, yep. those guys spread out over the year. Um, you know, one's going down to Florida, one's in Virginia, you know, all over the place. Uh, they've got to clear it with their schools then, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So each school is now with the, with the way that, you know, kind of legislation has gone. Each school is coming up with their own policy and um, some of them are laid back. Some of them are a little bit more uh, restrictive. So, you know, being in the know about what your school allows and what your school doesn't allow um, is, is definitely key. Um, so reaching out to the, the, the policymakers at your institution. Um, and then also, you know, every deal that you think you're going to be getting into, I would just run it by uh, the compliance office um, at the institution that you're at um, just to get that confirmation so that you don't end up, you know, jeopardizing your eligibility after the fact. And you work with uh, not just on the player side, but you do, I guess, is it almost like consulting? Is it assisting colleges and, and universities? Because I guess a burden falls on them to educate their athletes now for what they can and can't do because they obviously want them to stay eligible. Yeah, for sure. So we're there as a consultant, consultant basically. We're, we're not working with schools. Um, we're actually com completely free to schools. Schools use our platform. Um, we use the technology to kind of help schools implement their policies so that um, they can monitor and, and document all of the deals that athletes are going through um, without us actually having to, you know, provide that sort of like, consultant value to the school and, and make them pay us. Um, so we do, we solve that issue with technology and a communication system that allows the athletes to directly communicate with their colleges and send them the deals that they're getting into um, and making sure those deals are compliant. Um, and a lot of the schools, they do have um, rules around, you know, reporting deals a certain amount of days before they even take place. So we implement rules like that. Um, schools have regulations around what kind of businesses they can and can't work with. Uh, they're involved with boosters. Um, and we implement those different rules into our system so that um, athletes aren't taking part in deals that that aren't compliant and could end up jeopardizing their eligibility um, in future play. So we'll use my teams for for kind of a, a little you know group uh, data here. You know, I've got 60, 65 players. And we're not talking about SEC football players here. We're not talking about Duke basketball, anything like that. But we're talking about, you know, a, a really good cross section of you know, baseball players that range from D1 to, you know, D3 to junior college. Um, what do you see as potential or your thoughts from what you've seen as, you know, potential avenues for them? Do you think it's a, a matter of 
you know, trying to leverage their social media to build a brand? Is it, you know, you've mentioned obviously a, another area would be like a lesson sort of thing. Um, where did, where have you seen kind of the impact so far in the, in the baseball world and maybe the, the not quite revenue power to sports? Yeah, I, I think in reality, it's, it's what the kids are passionate about that they should really go after and, and monetize. Um, social media is obviously like a really big one and that's the one that's most talked about. Um, I think also a big misconception with social media is you can make a, a ton of money if you're like a big power five football player, but you know, the way that influencer marketing is going brands of all sizes, especially in local businesses, they're looking for those, the, the smaller accounts because they have higher engagement rates. So they're, and when, with working with, you know, the smaller accounts, they're able to hire multiple athletes at a time, instead of just that one big time athlete, and they're able to generate more of the, a diverse, uh, audience when they, when they go after these you know, these smaller account athletes. Um, but yes, yeah, so in terms of, of different types of NIL activities, I think it's really just going after what you're passionate about. Um, if you really like, you know, teaching kids about what, you know, about your sport and um, how to play, I, I think that's a great avenue for a lot of, for a lot of athletes. I think it's a great way to make it, you know, a steady income. Um, you know, there's always merchandise stores. You can open up those pretty easily um, through something like Spreadshop. Um, there's, uh, you can, you can create camps in your hometown. Um, you can do things like cameo. Uh, there's it's, it's, it's really endless. The, the opportunities that you have as an athlete. Now, um, you're just getting the basic rights that any other person has or any other influencer has. So it's, it's really just, you know, finding what your niche is and what, and how you want to develop your brand as an athlete. Um, and then going after those, those avenues. I think you, you kind of said it pretty, pretty well. There is, is not that anything that's ha <clears throat> happened so far is crazy or really unique when you think of what people are doing. It's just that it's literally happening all at the same time, yeah. you know, for the first time. So it's like all the floodgates open, but yeah, something that, you know, over time is just going to become normal. Like exactly. Yeah. Where do, you, where do you, you know, as being an expert and, and, and kind of look at this, see this as, as headed in the, in the future, where do you see NIL rights and potentially other things going? It's it's so hard to say um, in terms of where it's going. You never know if you know the Fed, uh, the uh, Congress is going to come in and do some sort of federal legislation around NIL. Um, at, if states are going to continue to pass NIL laws, um, you know it's it's interesting to look at. You know each of the different state legislations and seeing what athletes can and can't do, and then looking at another state and seeing athletes can do something in this state, but they can't do it in another. Um, so I'm hoping you know over time we see some sort of um, level playing field um, in, in terms of, of, of the laws and what athletes are can, can and can't do um, instead of having all these individual school policies because um, it creates a lot of you know, schools may end up you would think schools would, would push Congress to act because you're going to have some schools that can do more or allow their, their athletes to do more and that's going to be an advantage down the road I would, I would think but yeah, absolutely you know, you're right. And, and that's not through, you know, that's just uh, Congress has got to do something. Yeah. But we probably say that about a lot of things. Congress has got to do something at some Absolutely. point. Yeah. It's, it's becoming a, a pretty big recruiting advantage for sure. Um, when it comes to athletes choosing which school they want to go to um, it, the schools that are going to get the best athletes, probably you're going to have some really nice looking NIL policies. Um, I'll see. I think we're going to see that in the future, unless some sort of uh, federal bill gets passed. So um, that'll be interesting to see kind of how that plays out over the over the next few years, for sure. Um, your background, your story is pretty unique as far as how this happened. You know, it's it's uh, 
you know, tell us about how no cap sports kind of moved into NIL, because I think when you started it, that wasn't really a, a, on anybody's radar, but you know, just how you developed the organization and really, you know, recognize and kind of uh, pivoted to this, this crazy, huge new world that we're in. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I started no cap back in May, 2020. It was, um, and that was, that was like my, one of my first businesses that I actually started. Um, my, my kind of focus area on that first business was college recruiting. So connecting college coaches with, um, high school athletes. Um, that was before I really know NIL was becoming a thing. Um, and then once I actually started seeing it more in the news, I got really interested about the space. Um, always was a big advocate for, you know, college athlete rights, athlete rights, you know, being a, a college athlete and having a lot of friends at the division one level, especially, um, seeing, you know, them being taken advantage of like that. Um, so as soon as I heard that NIL was really, really becoming a thing, I tried to figure out how I could tie, um, NIL with the recruiting platform that I was building, um, ran into a lot of issues in terms of that, that correlation, um, ended up meeting a guy who was the uh, director of compliance at the university of Michigan at the time, um, asking for some advice um, about how to get into the NIL space and, and what I was already doing. Um, he gave me a, the advice to, you know, basically drop the recruiting piece of it that I've been building for a couple months and, uh, go in all in on NIL and ended up um, quitting his job and, and helped me build out um, the actual no cap NIL platform, which was, which was key because I was, you know, when I first got in NIL, it was all about helping athletes make money, but didn't really realize the whole compliance aspect that was going to come along with each one of these deals that goes through. Um, so we kind of took his knowledge and my passion for, you know, actually helping giving athletes opportunities and combine those and to create the platform that we have. And, and your ability to handle that compliance piece of it and handle it as well as you do, that's got to be a, a, a differentiator, I would think, on your end, especially with all the questions that athletes, I mean, athletes know, you know, our baseball guys know our baseball stuff. They don't know the uh, arcane NCAA uh, rules and regulations. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was a lot more tedious process than I, I thought it was uh, when it came to compliance. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of my thinking was just, you just got to, you do a deal and you report it to your school. Um, but now looking at it, looking back at it, it's like, you have to report a deal days before you do it. There's all these different regulations with each deal, these companies you can and can't work with. Um, so being able to automate that process was, uh, quite a tedious task. Um, but was definitely worth it because it, it provides so much value to the athlete and the schools. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad we kind of went down that path. Now you're free to athletes on the platform as well. Yep, correct. Okay, so and and really, you as you said offer the the kind of awareness and 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 you know kind of ability to connect with um, companies and and potential deals, that, but but also just as importantly, you know, making sure that everything is legit and you're yeah. you're not sacrificing your eligibility in any way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We. Our kind of core focus to start is is really connecting athletes with businesses of all sizes, whether it's at the local local level, um, the regional level, or the national level. We have a big a bunch of big brands coming in soon uh, to start some campaigns, which we're excited about. Um, but really, the long term vision is to build in every single way an athlete can make money into our platform um, to really automate each one of those processes. Um, so we're testing out all the different ones right now. Um, right now, we have social media and appearances, um, but we're building in others as well um as we speak so private lessons camps um merchandise stores we're building that all into our platform that you know athletes have one place to go to when they want to monetize any part of their nil and we never take money from them so it's 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 kind of an easy sell 
So gotta be an exciting time, right? You see the next couple months is being really exciting for, for all these, you know, for everybody here. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a great, it's going to be great. I think, you know, this is really a long-term game. Um, so uh, it's, it's providing these, these athletes and these schools value over, over the next, not just the next couple months, but the next couple of years um, and decade. So sleep, it, sleep isn't important, right? No, absolutely. <laughs> not. So, so before we go again, remind us best ways to connect with you. Uh, actually before that, uh, one thing I did notice, you know, you've got a great group of advisors um, that, that really help. And, and one name to, that would be familiar to those of us in, in New Jersey and, and Eastern Pennsylvania, Tim Pernetti. Um, How do you connect with Tim? Um, what's he brought to the, the table? And just kind of really quickly what your advisors have meant to what you can offer. Yeah, absolutely. So I connected I connected with Tim. Uh, one of, I played basketball in college. Um, I played uh, at Gettysburg College in, in Pennsylvania, and his son actually happened to um, be coming in as a freshman when I was when I was graduating. Um, so I ended up meeting his son Max um, through the Gettysburg connection. Um, my basketball coach introdu- introduced me to to Tim um, back in I think it was last June maybe. Um, so he came on really really early. Um, it was it was a great sounding board and advice advisor for me at the beginning. You know, yeah. as a first time entrepreneur. Um, and he's obviously very knowledgeable about the college space and high school space. So he was able to give me a lot of guidance in terms of, of how to, uh, you know, kind of position ourselves in the market and, and how to make us really stand out. Um, so he was, he was big on that. Um, had another advisor come on with me at the beginning named Doug Buttorf. He was, he was great. He was my very first advisor, um, also a Gettysburg connection. And then, uh, so he helped me really build out the beginning of the business. And then, uh, after that, kind of just started expanding, um, brought in a bunch of other advisors. Being a young entrepreneur, you want to surround yourself with as many with great uh, people. people as you can and, and, and yeah. people who have really been through the ringer. So uh, yeah. that was what I focused on from the beginning. And they've all been you know, crucial in, in my development as an entrepreneur and, and, and our business. Well, let's say I'm a baseball player in New Jersey. What's the best way to reach out to NoCap again? Let's, let's make sure we get that out there. Yeah, for sure. You can uh, you can go to our website at nocapsports.io and sign up as an athlete. Um, or you can, if you want a you know consultation, you can send, shoot us an email at info at nocapsports.io, and one someone on our team will uh, will hop on a call with you and walk you through kind of nil and and how to you know best position yourselves in this new era. Excellent. Well, Nick Lord, uh, again CEO No Cap Sports, um, really making a difference as far as uh, helping athletes through these crazy nil times. Very much appreciate you taking some time with us today on Jersey Baseball Show. Yeah, no problem at all. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks, Nick. Have a great day. Yep, you as well.